welcome to Planet uh, of Andrews. My name is Hills, as he said. I'm on the leadership team here. And a very warm welcome to you this last Sunday before Christmas. I hope you haven't left as much to do in the next 48 hours as I have. But uh, that's totally in character for me. Um, I came across a survey in The Independent uh, this week that uh, told us or gave us an insight into the kind of things that we can expect our Christmas day to be like if we consider ourselves to be an average Brit. Uh, I don't know how they work this kind of stuff out. I don't know how they know, but this is, these are some of the things that they said. Apparently, according to this survey, this coming Wednesday morning, the average family will have at least one argument and the most common subject matter of that argument will be what to watch on TV and who owns and is going to have control of the remote control. So maybe that's something you could like sort out in the next 48 hours to save it happening on Wednesday. Apparently, if uh, you're a parent, um, you'll spend at least 41 minutes trying to get new toys to work. <laughs> maybe you could rope in a bit of extra help. Uh, in the next 48 hours. And apparently, if you've got children or if you're in a home where there are going to be children present, the average child will cry at 10.28 a.m. So maybe a good tactic is to bring them to our service at 10.30 a.m. and they can cry for a minute in the car park and then it will be, all be okay. Apparently, 20% of us are expecting to argue, at politics, uh, argue about politics at some point during the day, uh, no doubt, in the light of our recent election. Apparently, uh, most of us are going to be having lunch around 2.30, or that's the average time that we're going to be eating lunch, 2.33 to be precise. I don't know how they work that out. And uh, apparently, according to this survey, most of us, or many of us, are going to realise that we haven't bought enough batteries on Christmas Day. Apparently, we're going to open more than 80 million gifts on Wednesday morning that need batteries. But 40% of us have bought gifts for someone else to open without noticing the batteries not included sign on the package, which I have to say I did for our staff secret Santa this week. So I gave somebody something that needed batteries and I didn't give them batteries with it. So maybe you might want to take this opportunity in the next 24 hours to be one of those people who doesn't have to go looking for batteries in other gadgets on Christmas Day to find the batteries you need, or to be in the minority of Brits who apparently sometimes pretend that the things, the gifts that have been given are broken so that they don't have to go out and buy extra batteries. Maybe you could turn up with extra batteries wherever you're going. Whatever your Christmas day is like, I hope it's going to be a really happy one and it's going to exceed your expectations. But Christmas can be a complicated time and expectations are tricky things at times, aren't they? The truth is, many of us will be sitting here today facing a situation or finding ourselves in a set of circumstances that we didn't expect to find ourselves in in December 2019. Maybe if somebody had asked you a year ago or three years ago or eight years ago how you envisaged your life would look in December 2019. Maybe, well, there are some of us here, there are probably many of us here facing scenarios that we hadn't expected um, a while ago, a short while ago or a longer while ago. There's some great unexpected stuff that happens in life, isn't there? You know, a baby comes along when you've reconciled yourself to the fact that you're not going to be able to have children. The new friend or the new partner that comes into your life. The holiday that you dreamt of but thought you'd never be able to have that for some reason becomes possible. Maybe it's exams that you expected to fail but actually you passed. Or a, a 
an opportunity that just kind of comes as a curveball into your life, which is something you never thought would happen. I've got a picture here. I don't know if you recognize this couple, Steve and Lenka Thompson. They were in the news last month. They were the happy, unexpected winners of £105 million for the Euro Millions Lottery. That's a pretty cool, unexpected curveball, isn't it? But then there's the more challenging, unexpected stuff that comes along. Comes along in different ways and on different levels, doesn't it? It comes along on a national level. I'm pretty convinced, having seen his face this week, that Jeremy Corbyn didn't expect to be facing the crushing defeat that actually was his on Thursday evening. Uh, Apparently, David Cameron, so he says, didn't expect to win a majority in the 2015 general election, so didn't expect to have to go to the country with a referendum on Brexit. And look where we are now. Then there's the unexpected stuff that happens on a global level. You know, none of us would have expected to see pictures like this beamed around the world earlier on this year. An iconic building in Notre Dame on fire. Billions of pounds worth of damage. None of us expected to wake up on Easter Sunday morning to that horrific terrorist atrocity in Sri Lanka. And then there's the unexpected stuff that happens, isn't there, on the personal level that's pretty challenging at times. There's, there's the diagnosis, maybe, that you've had in recent weeks or recent months that you didn't expect to come your way. A precious family member that you had anticipated would be with you in Christmas 2019, and they're not. Maybe there's the job that you expected to have by now, or the promotion that you expected to come your way, and it hasn't. Or the marriage that you expected to last, but it didn't. Maybe it's the exam you expected to pass that you failed, the university that you expected to get in, the partner that you expected to have met by now, the baby you expected to have. Maybe it's an addiction that you thought you'd managed to have broken free from by now. Maybe it's a breakup that you thought you would have got over or a breakthrough that you thought might have come your way. No matter how hard we try and control it, no matter how hard we try and plan it and prepare for it, we would all attest to the fact that life doesn't always go according to plan, does it? It doesn't always pan out as we expect. Where is God when life doesn't pan out how we expect? The Christmas story, the story that we're here celebrating this evening, has something to say to us about that. Babies are born all the time, all over the world. We've got some friends that are expecting their first baby in the next 24 hours. We hoped it would come early. We're really hoping it doesn't, for their sake, come on Christmas Day. But they're expecting their first baby uh, in the next 24 hours, and they're really excited. 2,000 years ago was no different. There were babies being born around the world. But one baby was born in some rather unexpected circumstances. Luke, the chap who wrote... Uh, One of the Gospels in the Bible, a couple of the passages that we've heard read this evening are from his book. He wrote a manuscript in the first century AD around the time that this all happened because he wanted to make sure that the people who came after him, the generations that followed him, had a chance of understanding and knowing what had happened in those days and why. The Bible is not a storybook written by wishful thinkers, you know, telling fairy tales. It's a collection of manuscripts 
written by different people, historical documents. And Luke wrote down his words and his report, having talked to eyewitnesses and heard what people had been saying, so that people like you and me and, and others around the world could know what had happened at the time. And he starts his book with these words. So the beginning of his gospel begins with these words. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. And having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So Luke is saying, I heard this stuff from eyewitnesses. I talked to them. I heard the stories. I've checked it out. I've investigated so I can pass it on accurately so you can know what happened in those days. It's not a once upon a time story. And when he wrote these words, these words that we've been listening to, he had no idea what was going to come next. He had no idea that cathedrals would be built and that books would be written and that people would give their lives to get this story out around the world, that people would give their lives to get it translated into other languages so that everyday, ordinary people like you and me could understand it. He had no idea that because of this story, you know, at this point in time, around two and a half billion people across the world would gather together once a week because of the story that he was telling. And Luke says that this baby that was born on this particular night was no ordinary baby, but Jesus, the Son of God. This baby, he says, was the Son of God. Life doesn't go as we expect. It doesn't always pan out as we expect. And God's answer to that is not necessarily what we would expect either. So instead of hitting the reset button on a set of circumstances that aren't going as planned... Instead of hitting the reset button on us or on others that are causing us trouble or on our circumstances or on our nation or on our politicians or even on creation, instead of hitting that reset button, God decided to do something different. He decided to come and be with us. Instead of erasing the mess and the trouble and the difficulty and all the stuff that would have to be erased if he erased that kind of stuff, he decided to come and live amongst us, to be present with us in the midst of the mess. And the unexpected turns and twists of life, he has turned into possibilities, uh, opportunities that are pregnant with possibility for us to discover him, for us to discover him and his life and all that he brings, to discover it afresh, his love, his life, his mercy, his power, his peace in those moments. It's the darkest night of the year tonight for us here in the UK. It's the longest night, the shortest day. But the stars are most visible in the darkest night. God's gift to you in this season, God's gift to you today, God's gift to you always, the God's gift to you in every circumstance that you ever face is the gift of himself, the gift of his presence. A few years ago, we used to live in Clarence Square, just across the car park there, and we used to live in one of the houses overlooking the square, and our kids, when they were younger, used to play in the square, and one day, our boys were out in the square playing with their metal golf clubs, 
And uh, we could see them from uh, our lounge window, and we could see uh, a number of uh, burly teenagers approaching them. And as these guys began to approach our boys, we could see their body language change. They began to brace themselves. They were clearly afraid, and they didn't really know what to do. And as we watched the sort of situation unfold, it looked like it was getting worse, not better. So at some point, Tim decided, right, that's it. I need to go out there. And so he walked out into the square. And as the boys saw him coming, everything changed. They began to relax. Dad was here. They began to relax. They became more courageous, and they began to handle the situation differently. And eventually, the, boy, the teenagers decided you know, they'd had enough, and that was it, and they were off. The presence of a loving father changes everything. Some of you might have noticed our beautiful ladder on the stage here. And it's not actually something that we forgot to remove because we'd been putting the Christmas lights up and, you know, time ran out. It's actually a picture. It's a picture of what God was doing on Christmas night 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, he let down a ladder from heaven to reconnect heaven to earth, to reconnect us to him. And that night 2,000 years ago, Christmas night 2,000 years ago, Jesus came down that ladder and he broke into our world in disguise as a vulnerable human baby, to be with us humans in our humanity, to be with us so that we could know him. You don't need me to tell you that it doesn't matter how many texts you send people, it doesn't matter how much time you spend on Facebook connecting with them, in order to really know someone, you have to be with them, and they have to be able to be with you. Now, obviously, Jesus didn't remain a baby. He grew up into a man, and he did all kinds of incredible things. He demonstrated his power. He demonstrated amazing love for the people that met him and the people that he found in front of him. And some of that stuff is documented in Luke's account. But loads of people at the time didn't recognize him. They didn't realize he was God. They missed what God was doing because God doesn't always do things the way we expect. God doesn't always do things the way we expect. The religious people, they were expecting God to come down that ladder at some point because he'd promised to. But they were expecting when he came down the ladder that he was going to punish and judge people that had lived lives without God, that had turned their backs on him. They expected that he was going to bring change and freedom into their lives and that he was going to do that by beginning a political revolution that he was going to change power structures, he was going to change the people that were in positions of power, that he was going to change political parties, political setups, and he was going to bring change to their nation in that way, by changing their circumstances. And God did come down that ladder, and he, he came to bring change. He came to bring change to your life, and change to my life, and freedom to you, and freedom to me. But he came to do it, in a different way. He came to bring you peace. He came to bring you freedom in a different way because God doesn't always do things in the way we expect. He was crucified on a cross 30 years after he was born or so. And he, as he was uh, on his way to the cross, he died telling us that he was dealing with our problems. He was, he'd come to deal with our problems before, our personal problems before he'd come to deal with our national problems. He died to deal with our personal problems 
before our national problems. He died to deal with our baggage, to deal with our past, to deal with our pain, to deal with our selfish nature, to deal with our sin. And only then could we begin to know God's changing power, his transformative love, and all that he offers us and experience God with us forever. And he came back to life three days later to prove it. Luke wrote all of this down in his book too. Jesus came down the ladder. He broke into our messy world. He broke into our messy lives, to my messy life, to your messy life, to be with us. So that whatever life throws at us, we could know him with us, him for us, and him at work amongst us. And when he's with us, it changes everything. Now, you may be here this evening, and you may know God, and you may have been praying, and you may have been contending, and actually God didn't do something that you expected him to do. Or you're waiting for him to have done something, and he hasn't done it. God hasn't done what you've expected him to do by now. Maybe you find yourself at the moment facing a situation that you just didn't expect to be facing or in a set of circumstances that you didn't expect to come your way. And you're wondering what God's doing or where he is or what you can even expect from God right now. Maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, if God was real, this thing that happened in my life, well, it wouldn't have happened. Or if God was in my midst, I'd know it. I'd expect to know it. The Christmas story tells us that God is with us. God is with you. He is with you. He's at work in your world. He's at work in your life. And if you know him, he's at work in your heart. Just as he was at work on that Christmas night, working his purposes out. The Prince of Peace, the hope of the nations, the light of the world, the way to life, the way through life, and the way into life beyond this life is with you. But this Christmas story is also a reminder that because God doesn't work the way we expect him to work, or he doesn't always work the way we expect him to, we can miss him. We can miss what he's doing and we can miss what he offers us in the moment. Got another picture for you. We all know how the kind of influential, rich, and important people travel. This is Donald and Melania arriving in the UK earlier on this month, earlier this month on Air Force One. Here's Boris. This is how he travels through the streets of London with his cavalcade. And here's how celebrities travel up to travel into the cinema and up to their seats on an opening film night, an opening premiere night. Powerful people travel in style and comfort, and pretty much everyone knows that they're in town when they're at work on their business. Not so with God. Not so with God. As he came down that ladder, as he was born into the world, he chose to come on an ordinary night, in an ordinary town, to an ordinary couple, in an ordinary way, in, in a less than ordinary place, and nobody noticed. There was no cavalcade, there was no an announcement in the press, there were no protection officers, there was no announcement on Twitter to the masses, there was no fanfare, there was no red carpet, there was actually no carpet at all. Bethlehem was busy, as busy as Cheltenham would be in race week. It was full of people, and they missed what God was doing in their midst. Even the innkeeper, Jesus was born under his nose, let alone under his roof. The innkeeper missed him. The king enthroned in the heavens, as Kanye West describes him, 
He chose to come down that ladder. And on that night that he was born, most people missed him. Even the religious people that were expecting him missed him. How is that possible? I don't know, but it happened. Friends, let's not miss Christmas. Let's not miss the message of Christmas and miss the presence of God in our midst here for us. Jesus came down that night into our world so that we could know him, so that we could have a relationship with him and so that we could know God in our lives. He's come 98% of the way. He's traveled the distance. If there's any of us here this evening thinking that somehow we can climb a ladder to get close to God with our, our good works and our good choices and our good decisions and our good behavior, there is no ladder like that. There's a one-way ladder and Jesus came down it for us. He came 98% of the way. But here's the thing. He left the last 2% to us. He left the last 2% to you and me. He's left us the opportunity to look for him. He's left us the opportunity to search for him. He's left us the opportunity to choose him and move towards him. He's left us the opportunity. He's left us room to reject him or to respond to his offer of love and life and peace and hope and joy and strength and power and grace and freedom and all that being in his presence and being with him brings us. Let's not miss him because we're busy climbing up other ladders on a quest for bigger salaries or better jobs or bigger houses or more social media followers or more things to tick off the bucket list or a better life or whatever. And let's not miss his presence with us and all that him being with us means just because he's not doing what we expected. My grandfather died at the age of 99 and when he was 95, he decided to try Christmas pudding for the first time. He'd always rejected it on Christmas Day because he expected to hate it. And at the age of 95, he was a little bit disappointed to discover that actually he really loved it. He'd missed out. He regretted missing out for 95 years because his expectations had got in the way. Don't miss God because of what he hasn't done. Don't miss God because life your life hasn't panned out quite the way you expected. Life doesn't always turn out how we expect. But the events of that first Christmas show us, they remind us, they point to the fact that God is with us. God is with us. He's working his purposes out. He's available to us because he's with us. He's actually doing more than we expect. And he's actually better than we expect. He's always at work. He's always with you. Don't miss him this Christmas. Fee and the band are going to come up and sing a song to us before we return to our readings and carols. And they're going to sing a song about this God who came down the ladder for us and a possible response to him. <laughs> 